just as we, as we start, I wonder if you've ever been at a meal or an occasion and you looked at the people around the table and you thought, why are they here? What are they doing here? They don't deserve to be here. They don't fit in here. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> I'm guessing by that laugh that it's not just me. Um, you know, these might be thoughts you've had in the past. <laughs> And what we're going to see today in the, in the story is these are the kind of thoughts that the Pharisees, the religious leaders, um, had as Jesus came and met with Matthew or Levi um, after he'd said yes to Jesus. As they met in Matthew's house um, with the other tax collectors uh, and with the, the sinners, these Pharisees were looking and thinking, what the heck, Jesus, are you doing here eating with these sinners, these people? this outcast, someone you shouldn't be with. And I want us to look at this today. I want us to look at the response that Jesus initially has to Matthew. But then also, uh, and that invitation that uh, Jesus gives to him, but also the invitation that Matthew uh, gives uh, to those who he knew, those other sinners uh, and tax collectors. So let's get into Matthew's gospel then. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 9, uh, verses 9 uh, to 13, just a few verses. Uh, so Jesus is in the area that he grew up in, in Galilee. Uh, he's just um, healed a paralytic man in Capernaum. Uh, and he's kind of in the same area where he called Simon Peter, Andrew, James uh, and John and where he'd kind of begun um, his ministry. I'm going to read in the English Standard Version, but read in whatever version of the Bible uh, you want. And this is going to be on the screen. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew, or Levi, in um, Mark's Gospel and Luke's Gospel, uh, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, Many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a, phys- of a, of a physician, physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous but sinners. Thank you, guys. So this morning, firstly, uh, an invitation from Jesus. So where, where Jesus was at in, in the north, in, in Galilee, in his kind of uh, home area, like I said, where his first disciples came from too, they were fishermen, uh, and likely Matthew uh, was kind of on the harbour, and so as soon as the fishermen came in, he'd be wanting their tax. And it was likely that it was probably Matthew who was the one who had taken tax off of Simon Peter, Andrew, James and John. And so you can imagine, well maybe you can try to imagine what these disciples would have felt like. So here you are, your disciples of Jesus, he's called you to come and follow him. And then Jesus goes over to this this tax collector, kind of the lowest of the low in society. You know, the person who is a Jew, but he takes off taxes from other Jews to give to the Romans. He takes a bit extra for himself uh, as well. When you got off your ship with your fishing catch, he's there asking, you know, asking you for your money, give me your taxes. 
And I love how it shows it in The Chosen, the series that uh, Jamie's often referring to. And, and you, you see this kind of disgust from Simon Peter in the way that they portray it, of kind of like, you know, Jesus, what are you doing? Why are you calling this guy? Do you not know who he is? Do you not know what he's done? But Jesus calls him anyway, he doesn't care who he is. He is someone that he wants to use, and he chooses him, he calls him. And I also wonder whether Matthew himself is a bit in disbelief, kind of like, what, me? Me? Are you sure? You want me? <laughs> Do you know who I am? Do you know what I've done? But, it, you know, he rose and followed Jesus. I mean, it's likely that, you know, Jesus knew of Matthew, he'd seen him before, Matthew probably knew of Jesus, but I reckon Matthew probably thought, I'm never going to be called, I'm never going to be asked to follow Jesus. There's no chance. There's plenty of other people in line before me. But yet when he was called, he rose and he followed Jesus. There was an invitation here uh, from Jesus to, to Matthew, to a total commitment, uh, a life uh, committing to Christ. And that's the, and the same for the other disciples too. And this kind of immediate response as well, you know, we, we, look, we see this in the other disciples as well. It wasn't a case of, oh, I'll just go sort out all my money, I'll just finish off for the day, I'll hand in my um, two months notice, um, you know, I'll just sort everything out. It's, no, he rose and he followed. I think in the chosen, he literally just takes his bag of money, gives it to the Roman guy next to him and just walks off with Jesus. No kind of thought of, oh, is this right? I'm not sure. No, he knew he needed to follow Jesus. And this, uh, this same invitation uh, that Matthew is given, it is given to us as well to follow Jesus. Maybe there are some of you here though, or maybe those watching online, you think, uh, you don't know what I've done. That invitation, I'm not quite sure that's, that's for me. You know, if Jesus only knew what I'd done, if you only knew what I'd done, that's definitely not for me. But you see the wonderful thing about, about Jesus, and then we see that through, you look at the disciples he chose, no matter what's in our past, if we're willing to leave that behind, if you're willing to leave that behind and be transformed by Jesus, that invite is there uh, for you. It's there for us. So the invitation is there from Jesus. It was for Matthew and it is for you. You just need to accept it. So firstly, you need to follow Jesus. Secondly, I want to say that actually I think there's an invitation here from Matthew. Let's uh, look at verse 10. It says, And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. Now we look at in, in, in the Greek it kind of tells us that you know, Matthew wrote you know, in his own gospel that they went to the house. But in Mark and Luke, it tells us that it was, you know, it was Matthew's house and they put on a great banquet. And what we see is we see that, you know, that Matthew's, I guess, friends, Matthew's circle, which would be probably other tax collectors or other sinners, um, as was, I guess, defined by the culture and society of the day, those that maybe weren't following um, the law, weren't following the laws that the, the Pharisees had, had added to. They were maybe committing public sin, I guess, by, uh, if you, you think about tax collectors, cheating others. 
So they were certainly outcasts. Um, They were certainly uh, left out. And in many people's eyes, they were the sinners. Actually, all of us are sinners. Only Jesus was perfect. But that's how they are are defined here to show um, the negativity towards them in that day. They were, I guess, in Jesus' eyes, they were the spiritually sick. You know, we're all spiritually sick. But these, more than others, just saw their own need for Jesus. And Matthew didn't waste any time in, in, in inviting his people to meet with Jesus. You know, I guess we don't fully know how it went down. But Matthew's got this, this amazing Jesus in his home, sitting with him. But he's also got the other people who need to hear from Jesus. The other tax collectors, the sinners, the outcasts, they're at table. And this term, at table, that is used uh, there is kind of a term of, of, of personal invitation. So it's that sense that at table is there's Jesus, there's Matthew, there's the disciples, but there's also all these other tax collectors and sinners. These other people have been invited and have been invited by Matthew and Jesus. He's certainly happy to be there close. They're not kind of at the back of the room. They're not kind of just outside listening in. You know, they're at table with Jesus. So that, because Matthew wants them to hear. He wants them to hear the good news. You know, he's, he's taken up this call to follow Jesus and he wants these others to do it too. He wants to share Jesus with them. He wants Jesus to, to invite them too into relationship. You know, where to do this too, where to invite all people into close relationship with Jesus. And it continues in verse 11. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to Jesus, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? I like how the message puts it. It says, what kind of example is this from your teacher, acting all cosy with crooks and misfits? But Jesus often went to these kind of people. As we said earlier, he often went to people who didn't fit into society, who were the outcasts, who were left out, who nobody cared about, who people thought were maybe beyond God and beyond saving. You know, we look at the, the woman of Samaria who'd had many husbands. So firstly, she was a Samaritan, so, and from Samaria, so she was a half-Jew, so she wasn't really liked by the Jews anyway. And also she'd had many husbands, we look how Jesus healed a Roman centurion servant, a Gentile, a non-Jew. He went to the leprous, those that you were supposed to kind of stay away from. They were unclean. But Jesus explains to the Pharisees and everyone there what his clear mission is. He hears what they're saying, and he's saying, I've come you know, for those who are sick. You know, Jesus is saying that you know, he's come for all. We're all spiritually sick. We're all in need of a saviour. But he uses this analogy for those people that, that are saying, I know I'm spiritually in need and I am willing um, to follow you and to, to ch- change my life. You see, the Pharisees, they saw themselves as righteous. You know, we're following the laws we're being obedient, we offer our sacrifices, we pay into the, into the temple. So we're righteous, we're healthy for, for, for a term. They didn't see their need for Jesus, they thought they were righteous. And so their response to these kind of people 
whether they were tax collectors, sinners, whether they were those that just were forgotten in society, whether those were leprous, their responses will just stay away from them. If we go near them, we're going to become dirty. We might become like them and we won't be righteous anymore. But actually, what Jesus does is the opposite. He goes to these people all the time. He touches um, the leper who needs healing. He doesn't stay away and think, oh, I might catch leprosy. No, he, he goes and heals the leper. He goes and spends time uh, with those that are forgotten, those that are outcasts in society. Because Jesus sees it as, no, you're not going to make me unclean, I'm going to make you clean. Whether that's physically, whether that's spiritually, that's what Jesus did. And that's what the, the Pharisees, the Israelites were supposed to do. They were supposed to, to serve uh, those and, and to, to speak hope into the lives of those uh, in need, those that were outcasts. But they didn't, they just stayed away from them. They just went and offered their sacrifices, thinking they were all good. When actually, I guess in a way, they were kind of sacrifices without action. I guess true worship to God is also showing mercy to others. And that's certainly what the Pharisees weren't doing. So you might be thinking, I guess, who are the outcasts and the, you know, the marginalised in society today? You know, it might be those who are, are disabled. It might be those who are lonely or suffering with other mental health difficulties. Those who are housebound. Maybe people in a certain type of accommodation or housing. Maybe people in certain kinds of jobs. Maybe ex-offenders, ex-alcoholics, ex-drug addicts. The elderly sometimes. Victims of crime. And certainly refugees as well. Thinking about you know, Ukraine as well. And other refugees who who have come to our country for, for sanctuary. So what does it mean for us, though, to invite the outcasts and the marginalised to meet with Jesus today, as Matthew did, showing his love for them? Well, it's to show them respect, to give them the time of day, looking out for them in their vulnerability. These groups of people are vulnerable, and sometimes they've got no one looking out for them. Meeting their needs, you know, some of the things we do at Bay Volunteers is, is to meet their practical needs. Uh, I know Adullam does work with some of these people as well, at meeting their needs, helping them, journeying with them, looking out for them, being a support to them. The Olive Branch was set up, um, it started with, with a, a meal for the, for the homeless uh, and those, and it's continued to support those who are uh, in need of support many, many years later, and that's an amazing testimony. Uh, for what God has been doing as well. And we can celebrate that as a church, that, that there have been things that we've been involved in, that we've um, started and many of you have been involved in, and that have, have, have brought uh, hope and support to those who are, I guess, the outcast, the marginalised, the vulnerable in our city. And, that, and that's something to celebrate. And we want to continue to do that through the, the means that I've already said, but I'm sure there's more that we can do you know, we're supposed to um, serve them just like maybe we would do each other in the church. Include them in things, not leaving them out. Not prejudging people uh, as well. Thinking, oh, they're not going to be interested in Jesus. We need to share the same hope with them. Share the same love, the same grace of Jesus with them. And I think if we're honest, or maybe this is just me, Maybe sometimes we neglect or, or avoid those kind of people. 
because of their maybe status, their, 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 their reputation. Maybe you think, oh, I've, I've not really done that. But I, th- I think actually sometimes we can all allow the kind of lies in culture to enable us to look at people in the wrong way and prejudge people. You know, maybe you see someone who's homeless on the street and maybe your mind, maybe it's just me, mind might immediately go to, oh, well, I bet they're there because they took drugs or, or they've, you know, they're an alcoholic. Well, you don't know. They, they might have actually been in a really difficult home situation and had to leave and nowhere to go. Maybe there's someone who's in, in poor housing and, and hasn't got much money uh, and we can prejudge why they might be in that situation when actually they've been a previous victim of crime. Certainly for me, when, before I got involved in the Marsh community, when we, since we did a Hope Church barbecue down there a few years ago, I think I had a, a, judge, a judgment in my mind on, on the Marsh community. Oh, those kind of people down there. Probably similar to how the Pharisees saw tax collecting sinners. Oh, oh I know what goes down on the Marsh. Oh, it's, oh I'm going to stay away from there. But actually, when we got involved in, in that community and, and going down there, I, I just had to hold my hand up to God and say, God, I repent. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have had this judgment in the first place. But secondly, there's some amazing people down there, such a great community who, ser- who seek to serve one another. Um, and how dare I you know, prejudge them in that way? So how can we grow in our desire for, for the outcasts and the marginalized and to stop looking down on them and to, to prejudging them? Well, we need to ask Jesus to give us the same love for them as he had for these kinds of people. And to give us opportunities to, to serve these people as well, to be there to support them, to protect them, to meet their needs, to show uh, love for them. You know, they are people who are in need, I guess, in worldly terms, but they also have a spiritual need too. You know, we need to ask Jesus to give us a love for the lost and a desire to see them saved, to see them as Jesus sees them and, and not kind of raise ourselves up and think about our status. That almost separates us from um, some of these people. We need to become less proud and more selfless, and I'm preaching to myself here, Because then, if you take that away, I think it helps us just to see people as Jesus saw them and to go to them, to serve them, to love them. And like we said earlier, it's so important, I think, that we as a church take the lead on that. We're called to do it in Scripture by Jesus. Jesus couldn't have shown us any more examples of doing that. It's clear that this is something that as a church we are supposed to do uh, and we need to take the lead on. So what should our perspective and view of the outcast and the marginalised in our district, in our city be? Well, it's that we should, we should want to reach out to them. We should want to be around them, to help them and serve them, love them like Jesus, not distancing ourselves like the Pharisees did. You know, during our mission week, uh, like, like Matthew did, we have an opportunity to invite people, all people, to come and to hear from him or to go out into the community and to serve people and to love them and to share the love uh, of Jesus with them, the, the grace that Jesus gives, the hope and the peace uh, that he gives uh, to. To see the lost saved and that they can find hope in Jesus, no matter who they are, no matter where they come from, no matter what they've done, 
there is an invitation uh, from Jesus. And it's our job to give them an invitation to come uh, and, and to hear from him, hear about him. So we must show the love and grace of Jesus to everyone, inviting them to meet with him.